We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Podcast. It is Friday, August 10th. Nick Whalen here with James Anderson. James, this is our first podcast, I think you and I, since the day of the NBA draft. So well over a month, uh, coming up in a month and a half, uh, but it's good to be back. We are starting this minutes after the NBA schedule was announced, the full schedule. Um, I pitched you on maybe doing a segment about the schedule. You immediately shot that down saying you were not interested uh, however, we did kind of meet in the middle, and rather than talking about the schedule, we are going to use your ignorance to our advantage and have you try to guess the five-day Christmas Day slate, which somehow you have not seen. That came out a couple days ago, um, but props to you for somehow avoiding that on the internet. Um, before we get to that, I want to mark the six-year anniversary of the trade uh, that sent Dwight Howard to the Los Angeles Lakers. That happened on this day six years ago. Um and we were also talking earlier about this isn't really like a question. It's just something that I want to get out in public that somebody tweeted out the highlights of Carmelo Anthony's 62-point game against the Bobcats back in, I think it was 2012. Um, Melo had 62 points and zero assists. Uh, only one other player in NBA history has ever had a 60-point game with zero assists. And obviously that player is Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant. So we were talking like what what current player would be most likely to have a 60-point game or even a 50-point game without recording an assist. And I think Clay Thompson was one of the names we came up with, but he's not really in that category. He just wouldn't 
have an assist because he wouldn't need to. Like it would just be a lot of catch and like a lot of catch and shoot. To Clay Thompson, it's like a compliment, right? Because right, it's yeah, like it would he, be cool for him to do it with. Like him. he's never there at n- no part of his job description involves passing. You know, right? Well, like it was cool <laughs> two years ago when he had the he had sixty one in twenty nine minutes in three quarters, and he had one assist in that game. Uh, and I think he took something. It was like eleven dribbles or thirteen dribbles. I don't have the number in front yeah. of me, but it was less than fifteen dribbles. How many dribbles do you think Carmelo Anthony took in his sixty-point game? Probably more than eleven. Uh, well, how many seconds did he hold the ball without dribbling or shooting or passing in that? Somebody game? should go. But we should go back and do a, like a <laughs> like how many jabs? He probably had more jab steps yeah. than Clay Thompson had dribbles. I think he set. Well, he he had sixty-two, and he also set the single-game <laughs> jab step record in that game. Uh, but who else would be on that list? I think Devin Booker was somebody we mentioned. Yeah, I mean, if you lower it from 60 to 50, I think that opens it up a little bit more yeah. just because every now and then like a fluky, like a Lou Williams type could go get 50. Uh, Isaiah had a 50 and one assist game two sure. years ago. Uh, but I think Devin Booker's a great call on mm. the 60. I mean, the zero assist part, like I could see Kyrie doing 60 with like three assists or two assists, mm-hmm. but I can't really see him not getting any. Um and so, I mean, you're, the, the amount of guys that can get to 60, period, is very mm-hmm. limited. And so then <laughs> narrowing it down to guys that could theoretically do it with zero or close to zero assist, it's a, it's a pretty small group of guys. I mean, maybe if, like, if Dame Lillard is just feeling himself and just not feeling like passing or he's passing and guys are missing shots, like maybe he could get close. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really see other guys being able to do that we might never see that again partially because that that type of player just doesn't really exist anymore like it's very hard to become the next kobe bryant playing that way right you know like i mean you just don't get that far like you just yeah. you have to be a decent passer DeRozan's not going to be able to do that right for a variety of reasons but also now that he's with the spurs like no mm-hmm. chance um you know kd maybe if he was just in such a zone and got pulled after the third quarter like and was like you know 18 yeah. for 24 or something like that and a bunch of free throws maybe he could do it guys like kd lebron Kyrie, even like even a lillard probably booker like those guys could do it if they if they said to themselves i'm not gonna have an assist just right. for fun like well, i mean lebron could never just do that without having an assist i don't really right. think kd could either in part just because of how talented his teammates mm-hmm. are but um yeah i think booker's the guy but i, I honestly uh carmelo anthony might be the last guy to ever accomplish that feat yeah yeah, I think I think that'll be that'll probably be the what last one. And it's kind of like the Joe DiMaggio hit streak, right? Yeah. Like, no one's <laughs> one ever gonna, untouchable. No one's ever t- touch this one. Uh, okay, well, let's get down to the real business here. Uh, Christmas Day, we have five games as usual. Uh, the noon Eastern, three p.m., five thirty, eight o'clock, and ten thirty. Uh, do you want to try to guess the actual matchups or just the 10 teams that are involved? No, that'll be too hard. Uh, and it'll take too yeah, long. Sure. So let's just do the actual hard, the, the yeah. teams. Uh, so I'm going to run run down the ones that I... Th- there's six that I think are locks and should be locks. Okay. Celtics, Warriors, Rockets, Lakers, Thunder, Sixers. Correct. Yes. So the Sixers, you said, they play at the Celtics. Okay. The Lakers play at the Warriors. And, and the you, Thunder play at the Rockets. Oh, so, that, so those are the three players, marquee. Those are like the... Those are, yeah, Thunder Rockets is at 3 o'clock Eastern. Sixers-Celtics is the 5.30 game. And then Lakers-Warriors 
is at eight o'clock Eastern. So yeah. you're missing the early game and the late game. Which so that makes sense. Like, the earliest game I think is is like fifth out of five if you rank them in like in terms of prestige. And I think the late game is usually four out of five. Yeah, yeah. You want the yeah you want the the marquee ones in the middle yeah. for sure. Okay, okay, so that makes sense. That the the six that I thought were the locks right. are actually all playing each other. <laughs> um, all right, so I think that. Giannis Antetokounmpo is so popular at this point that I think the Bucks are playing. I th- they are. I think the Knicks are the Knicks and therefore get to play. You are on fire. Bucks are playing at the Knicks in the 11 oh, a.m. Nice. or the noon Eastern 11 a.m. Central game. So now you just have the late game. Who's There's playing? literally no reason that the Knicks should be allowed to play, but I just knew they would be. Um, this is, I mean, I get that. I mean, they play on Christmas almost every year, yeah. but. Even last year, it's like they weren't going to be good, but at least he had Porzingis. This year, you don't even have that. Like, there's no way he's back by Christmas. Okay, so now I'm a little worried because the two teams I have left, now that I know that the first eight I named are all playing each other, I don't really see these two playing each other. Well, you have to keep in mind that this is a 10.30 Eastern start, so it's probably not going to be two East Coast teams going at it. Right. Oh, man. Okay, so... I'm gonna really stressful. I'm gonna cross out the Bulls. I had them on there yeah. um, because on. of it being Chicago. They didn't even it, get a TNT game this year. Wow, at all. So why do the Knicks get such a different level of treatment than the Bulls when the Bulls are so much more watchable than the Knicks? I think I, the only answer I can give you is because they're the Knicks. Yeah, I mean, okay. Um, Time zone, maybe I don't know. So. My ninth team was the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. Sorry, James, that's incorrect. Okay. I thought that they, I thought that Anthony Davis, Davis might get the uh, Giannis treatment and get the the game, despite the market. But um, I don't know, Blazers. The Blazers are one. Okay, they are um, playing on the road at Clippers. Oh, come on. Timberwolves? All due respect to Tobias Harris. The Clippers aren't <laughs> playing on Christmas. No, not the Timberwolves. They played last year. All right. The Utah Jazz. They put the oh, Utah they Jazz gave it to the Jazz. Christmas game. Wow. In Salt Lake City. You know, actually, that makes sense. So that's the, the late game. So I, you almost don't even have to cater to media markets when it's that late. You can just, just put a game on that you think the most NBA junkies are going to watch. Right. So that makes more sense. I was doing kind of straight, right. not sure where the time zones, what you know, the, time the game was going to be. And all this the stuff audience there. that you're targeting with that with that noon Knicks Bucks game <laughs> has been asleep for like two and a half hours before yeah. Blazers Jazz even yes. comes on. So yes. yeah, at that point, I think you're just looking for a good matchup, which that actually should be. Oh yeah. Um, okay, let's do over unders. This is my favorite podcast to do all year. Yeah. This is probably the one that I think I sense that you actually genuinely enjoy. <laughs> there are some that I come away thinking like James. James came away from that one. James was know. happy that that one came. To yeah. An end usually it's it just like a twist in your arm to, to. I have to drag you into the studio. I had to go call one of our other coworkers to come like grab your grab your legs and carry you yeah. in here. Uh, but this is a fun one. Uh, we'll start as we always do at the top with the Atlanta Hawks. Um, this line opened at 23 and a half wins. This is a team that won 24 games last year. The line, for some inexplicable reason, is now at 24 and a half. Who, who's betting up the Atlanta Hawks yeah. right now? Uh, so that gives you a, a sense of, of where I'm at. I'm under on 24 and a half, and I will be locking that one in 
and uh, uh, throwing away the key as far as I can throw it. Well, we're in agreement on the very first pick. I'm, I'm under as well, also locking it in. Uh, I mean, there's a, so many reasons why this should go under. Uh, let me ask you this, though. Like, here, an interesting question to me. If Trey Young wasn't on the team at all, would you consider going over? <laughs> because not, um, and that's not even like it, it is a diss at Trey Young, but it's not just that. It's just rookie point guards are always right. bad. They're literally always no, bad. No, that's so, that's very true. Um, you know, I guess it depends. Like, are you replacing him with like, like just Darren Collison, Jeremy Lin, and um, oh, you're just removing him? You're no, just I removing think st- him. I still go under. Okay. I mean, okay. I. I have written in my notes here. I think they'll start three and twenty. Okay. <laughs> like, I think this is the worst top to bottom roster. I love John Collins. Yeah. Torian Prince has been pretty good. This is like one of the worst top to bottom rosters that we've seen since those Philly process teams. Yeah, and and what you have to realize too is that just because a rookie or a second year player is a promising player, uh, you know, unless it's Donovan Mitchell or Ben Simmons or Jason Tatum. Like they're still not ready to help you win games. Like right. like John Collins, as much as you might like him, Toreen Prince, as much as you might like him, like those guys just they're still developing. They're not winning players yet. And Trey Young's definitely not a winning player yet. Uh I mean Kent Bazemore should be like a seventh man somewhere. I think and, he'll be <laughs> off that roster before the season season yeah. even starts. I mean, and you I mean a big part of this podcast and this process is just what is each team's motivation this season? The Hawks' motivation is to get as high a pick as yes. possible. So, right. So they're going to play Trey Young. Like, Trey Young is, is going to be a huge net negative, even if he has a, like a better season than I'm anticipating. Like you said, rookie point guards just don't win games. Like they don't want to win any games. No, they're going to go out of their way. They don't care what the over under is. I think they'll win. I think they'll be 21 at the most. Like I really, I really, really think that this is going to be a, a one of the worst teams we've seen in the last five years. And part of the reason for that too is like. How many t- other teams are legitimately trying to tank? Like, how many games are they going to have where it's like 50 50? They're going to be massive underdogs against everyone but the Knicks, uh, maybe Orlando if, if like Aaron Gordon gets hurt, and Sacramento. Like, every other team other than Sacramento in the West is trying to win. Like, they're just, they're not going to have any gimme games, which when you're a team that's this bad, those are kind of the games that you need to, to pounce on to win. Like, any, any team that they play in the West is almost an automatic loss, I feel like. Yeah, and like you said, they're they're even overmatched uh, by these terrible teams in the East mm-hmm. for the most part. Uh, like, even, look at how bad Orlando is, and yeah. then how many players on Orlando would you feel really good about if they were in Atlanta? You know, so I th- I'm this kind of played into a lot of my Eastern Conference picks, but uh, I've established that there's the the sucky seven, and it's the Hawks, the Magic, the Knicks, the Cavs, the Bulls, the Hornets and the nets and those seven teams are just so bad some of them might be trying to win uh it's it's going to be you know an uphill battle for those teams several of them are trying to lose and so it's just all these other eastern conference teams are just going to be able to stack wins Mm -hmm. on the sucky seven so uh the hawks actually kind of lead the way to me there i mean i think they're the worst of the worst which is no small feat the boston celtics 55 wins last year this one opened at 57 and a half. Now it's up to 58 and a half. Um, we, d- we did these. I guess we had the chance to adjust them with the new lines this morning, but I, I don't think I really changed any of mine because most of them, if they moved, was just by half or one game either way. 
I'm going over. I feel I felt good about going over on 57 and a half. I feel a little less good about it, you know, at 58 and a half. But I think this is a team that had about as much go wrong in terms of injuries last year. Kyrie, Hayward, Horford, Brown, Smart, Morris all missed at least 10 games. Obviously, Kyrie and Hayward missed you know, more than that, and, and Hayward especially. Um, the, only, the only thing that I feel it could derail them is if there is some sort of internal strife about how you find enough minutes for all these guys, but it, it does seem like everybody's on board, everyone's aware of the situation, and if there's a coach that can figure it out, it's, it's Brad Stevens. So I think they get into the low 60s with relative ease as long as there's not another catastrophic injury situation. So I also went over, but I, to me, this is a stay away. Uh, I mean, the Warriors won 58 games last year. Right. So like it's, I know that on paper, the Celtics to me are the clear top team in the East, but getting to 59, 60 wins, it's, it's hard to do. It's hard for even one of the, you know, one of the best dynasties we've ever seen in the NBA, maybe the best team we've ever seen. Only won 58 games last year. Obviously, there were injuries, but there could be injuries on the Celtics team. I think the Heat only won 60 once during their run. Yeah, it it's tough to do. Uh, I I'm really the only guys I'm worried about on that team are Rozier and and Morris. Just in terms of Rozier is going to be a free agent after the season, so you know it's easy to say the right thing you know right now but there might be games where the best thing for the Celtics is for him to play like 22 minutes and I can't imagine him being down with that all season Uh, Marcus Morris obviously a guy with a little bit of fire a little bit he's what like their fifth best forward I don't know. Yeah, that's not even that's not even a dig at him. Like, I mean, he's he's, he's gonna not play that much unless they suffer injuries. They're gonna again, have to so. consolidate, I think, at some point. Whether it's before the season, whether it's before the deadline, it's admirable to have that amount of depth where they could anyone could get hurt and they would still be a favorite to finish with a top mm. two record in the East. I mean, that's that's awesome to have. But um, those are the only two guys I'm worried about getting a little ornery with regard to their minutes. Uh, yeah, it's it's a really really well put together roster, and I think that they're gonna, I think they're gonna win the the or earn the number one seed fairly easily. I just think that fifty eight and a half is a pretty big number, so I'll go over. But I, okay. I, I think it's a stay away. Is it a take to say this is the deepest team ever? I don't know if anybody's really measured this. <laughs> but like, I mean, this is absurd how much depth they have. Like, they lost the one guy they lost from last year's roster is Greg Monroe. Everybody else comes back, plus Hayward. Plus, they they brought in Brad Wanamaker, who was a very good EuroLeague player, a guy who would be like a seventh man on a lot of teams. He'll be like their 13th man. Uh, I mean, deepest team ever is probably a take. Ever. I mean, think about ever. Think about Russell's Celtics teams back in the day. I got, <laughs> okay, that's I got. enough. All right. Uh, we, got a run of, uh, part, we got a run of teams in the Sucky 7 coming up. We'll yeah. start with Brooklyn. <laughs> Ironically enough, now that Brooklyn has a pick, they might be trying to win. Uh, oh sure they shouldn't be because they I mean, really they didn't really get all that much better no. um I, I i don't the the lynn move was kind of odd just because of you know at the time they brought him in obviously he's been injured but you know it kind of seemed like he was a symbol at least that they were trying to compete and he would be around now that they can actually compete uh, but i don't know if they actually got any better they won 28 no. games last year the lines at 32 and a half 
they added a few foreign shooters in the draft. They added Ed Davis, Jared Dudley, Kenneth Fareed, you know, cast off guys who were, you know, basically playing. I mean, Ed Davis was good in Portland last year, but Dudley and Fareed, you know, who knows what you're even going to get out of them. D'Angelo Russell, if he stays healthy, maybe helps you, but he hasn't really been all that good. I, I just think this is kind of the same team as last year. You know, if Jared Allen takes a step forward, so maybe. If you swapped out Jeremy Lin and D'Angelo Russell, I might go over just because I think that the amount of like smart veteran players right. they would have would allow them to get to 33, 34 wins in the East. But I think D'Angelo Russell is still kind of a losing player. Uh, he might be their most talented player, but mm-hmm. he's just not a guy that's like, he's kind of like Zach Levine in that the stuff he can do yes, is exactly. very, very impressive, but it just doesn't translate to winning. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think he's kind of the, the big, player on this roster that pushed me to go over yeah. or under i should say yeah um, we're in agreement as well i went under you look at the east standings last year there were eight teams that won at least 40 games there were two teams below them detroit and charlotte who were kind of i think they were closer to washington at eight than they were to new york at 11 and then there's a drop off i mean charlotte was 36 and 46 and then there's a seven win difference between them and the knicks at 29 so like there wasn't really a team like the the nets to go over would have to win 33 like there was no team in that zone last year and i don't think brooklyn has really done anything to get there you know like to me they're still stuck in that bottom and, five and they're a team that's gonna be like you know damari carroll could get traded uh ed davis could get traded i mean they're they're a team that i think you know kind of towards the you know january february right. like they're gonna be looking to cash some of these veterans in for whatever asset they can get yes. and and they you know like you said now that they have their pick uh, obvious incentives there so yeah they i think they're a team that for two months will go hard kind of convincing themselves they could compete for the eight seed and then they'll very quickly realize that's not the case uh all right charlotte they were a part of the, the sucky seven yes yes um this one opened at 35 and a half still at 35 and a half they won 36 last year I I have written in my notes, I hate this team, but they should get to 36 or 37 by default. So I'm going over. I, I think they barely beat 35 and a half. Well, the fact that I included them in the sucky seven probably hints at the fact that I'm going under and I'm yeah. locking it in. Wow. Yeah. That I, is not one I would lock in at all. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a foregone conclusion that they trade Kemba Walker, uh, and they're just so dumb that they haven't traded him yet. But all dumb teams eventually come around to the fact that they have to trade the guy they should have traded two years ago. And I think they'll trade him uh, prior to the deadline for, you know, whatever, like a heavily protected first or something like that. Maybe maybe even a couple second rounders. Like, they're not going to get much for him, but I think they're going to have to trade him. Uh, there's nothing in Michael Kidd Gilchrist's history that says that he's going to help them win. Nicholas Batum is, is washed and often injured. Uh, I mean, you're relying on guys like Cody Zeller and Marvin Williams to be your, your second and third best players probably on yeah, this team. I got team. two words for you. Malik Monk. Okay. Yeah. Malik Miles Monk's going to help them lose. Miles Bridges is going to help them lose. Uh, Oh, what about I, Frank Kaminsky? I think this is a terrible team. Uh, I don't understand this line. I know they won 36 last year, but that was with a full season of Kemba Walker and a Kemba Walker that was trying really hard in the first three months to make the all-star team. Um, I I just, I mean, this team should have been blown up a while ago. Uh, 
but even really dumb teams come to the inevitable realization that, oh, crap, if we don't trade Kemba Walker here, we're not going to get anything for him. So I, I'm going under and I'm locking it in. Okay, fair enough. I will say, last note on the, the Charlotte Hornets, you did not watch the Frank the Tank Kaminsky is all caps, ready for a breakout season. Badger <laughs> legend is working his ass off YouTube video that I sent you this morning. So how do you watch that? I think maybe you'd feel a little differently. Uh, Chicago Bulls, 27 wins last year. This line opened at 27 and a half. Now it's at 28 and a half. To me, still feels low. This is one the one I probably feel the best about, and this will probably come back to bite me in about six months. But I'm going over on 28 and a half. They won 27 games last year while openly trying to lose and being reprimanded by the league for trying to lose for half the year. Um, I think it's you know I, it's not really debatable. They're more talented than a than a 28 win team. I guess the question is, do they try to tank again and add another piece to this core? Because if, if everybody stays healthy, you know, I'm, I'm not saying this is a great starting five. It's probably not a playoff caliber starting five. But in terms of like pure young talent, guys under 25 years old, I mean, it's, it's a very intriguing young core. I think they can easily get into the low 30s. Uh, I went under. Uh, I didn't lock it in, but um, I'm, I'm stealing this, uh, I think, from... Uh, Nate Duncan and Danny LaRue's podcast, like a lot of the Bulls wins last year were Nikola Mirotic wins. Like he was the best player. <laughs> Weirdly enough, that is true. <laughs> in a lot of their wins, like he was the reason they won. And uh, they don't have him anymore. They have perhaps the worst defensive uh, two through four I've ever seen in a on a starting lineup. Yes. And... You know, they have guys like that can score. Like Zach Levine can score. Jabari Parker can score, but those guys don't make their teammates better. They just they're good one on one scores. They don't you know, they're not setting anyone up. Um Chris Dunn can't shoot. I mean, campaign might be terrible. Uh Laurie Barkinen, I think, is an ascending player, but like I was saying earlier, like he's not a guy that I expect to help them win games on a regular basis. Like he'll help them win some, he'll help them lose some. Uh, Wendell Carter's a, a really promising rookie, but he's probably not ready to help them win games either. So I, uh, I'm going under. I don't, I don't love it. It's not even a stay away for me. I'd, I'd bet, I'd bet the under on that just because I just think that defense is going to be so bad, and the ball movement might just be so bad i i don't know i don't really see this team gelling into a unit where uh, everyone's making each other better i just kind of think it's going to be my turn your turn my turn your turn and i don't think it's going to work out that well okay fair enough the cleveland cavaliers 50 wins last year a uh, little bit of a difference this year this one opened at 30 and a half now it's up to 31 and a half i'm going under i think this team's really bad apologies to kevin love did they but- lose someone um <laughs> no i no they they uh they brought back rodney hood i think they had a team option uh i'm going over but it's in, in the stay away zone for me i have the the yellow highlight on it so i would not zone. i would not bet this but i would not uh but i would but i would go over if i was forced to bet it uh the reasoning is just the amount of veterans they have in a conference where so many of the teams are going to be playing are just loaded with rosters like the Bulls, where a lot of these guys are just first or second year players. Uh, you know, guys like Tristan Thompson, George Hill, J.R. Smith, not guys that are going to help you win a conference finals game, but guys that are going to help you beat 
Charlotte on a Tuesday night or beat the the Nets on a Wednesday night. Like I mean, beat five guys. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Kevin Love is you know he's fine. Like I don't like that contract. I mean, they still have guys like Kyle Korver and Jordan Clarkson is like their seventh and eighth men. Is like, that a good thing? It's in the, yourself. in the East, <laughs> it is a good thing. Like, some of these teams we're no, talking I about, know. like, I mean, Jordan Clarkson would start on some of the teams we, we just talk, oh, talked boy. about. Yeah, so. he would start for the Canton Charge, <laughs> start for the Erie Bayhawks. Um, I, it's a stay away to me just because, obviously, things could go south and, you know, J.R. Smith could just show up like he could give new meaning to showing up out of shape. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the, but like we said, like what, what's this team's motivation? They obviously, the, the ownership wants them to win games. Yes. Uh, that, that hasn't much, always translated. That much cannot be said about a lot of the teams in the True. East. So no, that's like, a good point. I think that they, they want to get that eight seed. Uh, I don't think they're going to get it, but I, I think they're going to try to get it. And, so yeah, I, I'm going to go over just because I think mm-hmm. it, they're not going to take part in the tank fest that the the sucky sevens taking part. They'll in. They'll be the winner the of the, of the award, seven. the winner of the award for the team that should have tanked like two months earlier, and then yeah. they'll start tanking like March 28th. And they'll get way too late. They'll get like the ninth pick right yeah. again. Yeah, I mean this is. I watched almost every Gavs game last year, and every time LeBron would leave the court, it was just like setting off a panic button, and you'd be like, "Oh my god, he's going to be out for two minutes." That's going to be 48 minutes a game now of those situations. And it how might bad the Cavs looked in those situations. I mean, this is one I'm scared of. Like, I, I'm going over, but if three weeks into the season yeah. the Cavs haven't won a game and you're like, Kevin Love gets you're like still liking that over, like, I'm just going to be like, yeah. <laughs> I, well, that's exactly what I would say. <laughs> uh, okay. Dallas Mavericks, 24 wins last year. This one opened at 34 and a half, still at 34 and a half. Um, I'll let you lead this one off. Where are you going with Dallas? This is my hardest pick on the board. Uh, that's a a new addition to this year's over under pod. Mm-hmm. The hardest pick on the Try board. To keep up. Uh, so I I went over, but like I said, I wouldn't wouldn't touch it. I'm I guarantee I'm wrong. Uh, I just I can't possibly fathom a team with Luka Doncic and uh, Dirk Nowitzki not hitting the over. I mean, how could they not? Right to uh, <laughs> an ace defender like Dirk. <laughs> no, I uh, I went over. This is in this is my second hardest one. Um, definitely in the stay away zone. I think this is a perfect number. Like, I think the fact that they actually have a center is going to do wonders for them. This is a team that's basically been playing Dirk, Salah, Mejri, Maxi Kleber, or Dwight Powell at center for the last two years, or Nerlens Noel. And just like, I mean, DeAndre Jordan, even if you think he's going to take a step back after, you know, leaving LA, like he's such a massive upgrade there that like, I think that's just going to do wonders for them. Like they've been, they've been a pretty decent team, all things considered with how, how bad that roster has been. Um, and if Doncic is even like 80% of how good you and I think he'll be, and if Dennis Smith progresses, you know, even a marginal amount, like 35 wins isn't too much to ask, but I also wouldn't be shocked if they were at, you know, in the well, low thirties. I don't, I don't think they're going to be anywhere close to last year. They're like they'll no. easily get into the low thirties, right? Like we yeah. can agree on that. I mean, Dennis Smith, Doncic, Barnes, Dirk, DeAndre, Wes Matthews, like that top six is that probably gets you like a six seed in the East, you know, right. I, exactly. I mean, there's talented guys one through five, which was definitely not the case last year. I agree with you. DeAndre Jordan's addition uh, is really going to help them in the the win loss column. Uh, I don't. I think Rick Carlisle's and Mark Cuban are kind of on the same page that they're sort of done tanking. The nice thing about getting Doncic in the draft is you can be done tanking because you think you've got your superstar. Like you don't 
have to try to get a number a top five pick again because mm-hmm. you you think you've already got Dennis Smith, Luka Doncic, like you're going to have a ton of cap space pretty soon. Uh, your work theoretically in the rebuild is is mostly done when it comes to acquiring young young talent. So uh, I just don't see them doing another tank fest. DeAndre Jordan's on a one year deal. Why would you sign him on a one year deal if you weren't trying to win games? So uh, I I think they go over, but it's the West. Like we're, we we haven't talked about too many West teams. It's going to be so hard to find a win out there. There's a conversion uh, rate for wins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every win in the East is worth like 0.6 wins in the West. Um, Denver. 46 wins last year. This line sits at 47 and a half. I'm going over and I feel pretty good about it. The only reason that I wouldn't is, like you just said, you have to adjust for the difficulty of the Western Conference and the fact that there's really only one team that you're going to play out West that you feel great about your chances, and that's Sacramento. Uh, well, I disagree with... I think you can feel pretty good about your chances against the Suns, too, but... Um, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, Memphis, whatever, but, like, it's not a, it's not going to be a cakewalk. You know, like, I would rather... There's, like, you, six teams uh, in the East I'd rather play than Phoenix or Memphis. So are you locking it in? No, not locking okay. it in. Um, I'm, just because, like, it's just hard, like... Look at the look at the West standings from last year. After Houston and Golden State, you had what six teams that were between forty no seven teams between forty six and forty nine wins. Like there's just there's I think it's going to look a lot like that again. I'm going under and it's a stay away for me. Uh, I have okay. roughly a third of these labeled as stayaways. And mm-hmm. you know if you're going out to Vegas or you're going out to somewhere where gambling's legal, you don't have to bet all thirty over unders. You can pick Wait, your what? spots and. Uh, this is one I would not bet. Uh, you know, forty-seven and a half for a team that's got their talent in the West to me is just a total coin flip. Uh, I'm going under just because I think they lost some depth. Uh, Full I, season of Millsap. I, I mean, Isaiah. they they really go like, what do they go like six deep? Are you counting Isaiah or no? No, <laughs> <laughs> like Murray Harris. That is true. Barton that- Millsap Jokic that's that's good that's a good starting five the only one of their backups i like is trey lyles and he's a horrible defender so uh forgot about trey it's lyles. just it's kind of yeah they are going to be depending a lot on like malik beasley that second unit's going to be pretty rough yeah. and what it, what happens if they have to go like 30 games without gary harris or 30 games without nicole Jokic? like to me it's just oh, you know, right. it's th- there's a lot that could only all it really would take is an injury to one of those guys and i think they hit that under so um I I like the team. I love the the way they're going to play offense. I just it's a it's going to be a tough task to win forty eight games in the West. All right, hopefully we can cruise through these next few. Detroit, this is the team I like hate talking about the most. I even asked our resident Pistons supporter Shannon McCune if he wanted to chime in, and he was just like, no, just he said no thoughts. Um, thirty nine wins last year. This line sits at thirty eight and a half. Uh I, I I went over. Um, I I did. I will say I did type over when I thought it was at thirty-seven and a half. I feel considerably worse about that one extra win. Yeah, but they they should get there, right? Like they they should be the team that we can pencil in to be the eight seed. But I mean, you know, you can also pencil in Blake Griffin to miss twenty-five games. And I mean, this is a team that, speaking of very little depth, just it's pretty bleak. Yeah, I went over as well in large part because they get to play the sucky seven. Um, but yeah, we can we can move yeah. on to the next team. Yeah, There's not much to say. to say here. Golden State, fifty-eight wins last year. Uh, this line sits at sixty-three and a half. 
you and I both got suckered in last year, I believe, right, to taking the over. I think the line was pretty similar. Um, the I line, took the over. The line was like 68 and a half, I want to say. Oh, or was, was it? Yeah, we was went it over. two years ago? This past year. I thought it was two years ago when they added KD, it like shot up. I don't know. Either, um, either way, I remember. Going I know over that we last went. Year. I know that I went over. I think maybe it was like sixty six something. Um, but I went over and it was wrong. Uh, at sixty three and a half, I went. So I had it when it was sixty two and a half. I had over and a stay away. Now I'm at under and a stay away. I think that that like sixty three seemed about right to me. Uh, what this team just has no motivation right you now like we, we got, we got hustled gonna, last year into thinking yeah, that they would care yeah and boy did they not care yeah why would they care this year right you know? i think they i mean there is and i i do buy this argument i think it's simmons who's who's been pushing this and like it's a very simmonsy narrative but like you know the win one for cousins thing it's like i to some degree it reminds me of like i don't know if you, how you play video games but when i used to play like nba live back in the day i would mercilessly stack the teams in my favor pretty much go 82 and 0 every single year and my friends who've played video games with me are can attest to this uh and i would need something to like all right i've won the last six titles all right let me trade for somebody else who you know okay i'll try to lead the league in scoring with him or i'll try to average 15 assists with this guy like i i do feel like that is maybe something if if you're scrapping for motivation you know to prove to everybody that they can seamlessly integrate cousins i don't know if anybody's saying that they can't Uh, i'm not sure who the doubters are of this team anymore um but no i I, like you said i think the last few years somebody's always gotten hurt you know i don't know what the motivation is to care more this year um it's not like there's like last year houston was kind of this you know they had built this mini super team i guess and and there were you know some people were picking them to beat golden state and they took them to seven houston got worse you know there's not like another challenger that really feels legitimate to me you know i could see like kd trying to win another mvp maybe uh yeah, but, but like even that is like, does that get them to sixty five wins? I don't know. I they're just going to play so many teams in the West that are just giving them their best shot, you know? Because like every, you know, when they play a team like the Pelicans or the T Wolves, like that team has to bust ass to try to win every single night. Yes, and there's just going to be nights where the Warriors just don't really care right. that much. Fewer so off nights. Like I think they'll like the games. You, you, they could they could get away with going seventy five percent effort the last couple of years and still beat Memphis, still beat Phoenix. Like they'll still probably beat those teams, but like they're going to have to exert a little more effort on average in you know playing in the West this year. And yeah, like you said, I think that eventually that's just going to result in like one or two more random slip ups. And if I'm Draymond Green, you know I showed up out of shape last year. I'm probably showing up even more out of shape yeah. this year. Push the boundaries. <laughs> like I mean, who cares? Like just. What's what's the big deal with showing up super out of shape? Like, yeah, it's it. You know, you're gonna get into shape by the time the playoffs come around. Like, who cares? So, absolutely, uh, under. Okay, Houston, sixty five wins last year. This one's at fifty five and a half. Uh, I I didn't actually lock this one in, but I think I will. Um, CP three, Harden, both both missed fairly significant time. CP especially last year. I get, you know, they, they lost a couple bit pieces in Ariza and Luke Richard, but I, I still think this team is more than capable, assuming that those guys stay 80% healthy of, of getting into the high 50s or low 60s. Again, I don't, I don't think they lost that much. 10 win difference? Um, I'm just going back. I'm trying to keep track of the ones we disagreed on because uh, this will be another one. Uh, I'm going under okay. uh, 
Harden winning the MVP, I think, was something that he desperately wanted to do last year. And I don't Boy, really, I don't really think he's going to come in with the same type of regular season motivation. Like I, I think that the core players on this team think they're on the same level with the Warriors and kind of proved what they wanted to prove last year in their minds. And like with Harden getting the MVP, them winning the getting the one seed and everything, I don't think they're going to come in with the same type of motivation this year. I think you can kind of expect chris paul to miss about as much time again as he did last year like i just don't know why you should expect him to play a full season at this point uh the lack of depth i mean i know that they have like ennis and and uh, carmelo but it's not mcw it's not the type of depth i'd want um i just think it's you're asking a lot of chris paul james harden clint capella and pj tucker and eric gordon like to get you back to 56 57 wins and i just don't think they're going to care that much i think they kind of didn't win the title but are just going to come in feeling so good about themselves like in general like that why why should we try to win like 60 games again like we're we just have to be ready for the warriors in the the postseason is basically what i think their motivation is going to be no i think that's a very good point actually I, i probably didn't take that into account enough is like i think they think whether this is right or not that they can kind of go into the warriors mode and just cruise their way like you know basically what the Cavs have did the last few years like I don't think it'll be as extreme as it was for the Cavs where they just stopped playing defense for three months um but I think yeah the Rockets can they might stop playing defense for six months they might yeah they might take it to a whole nother <laughs> level but yeah I, I think they they're playing for the playoffs now like you said I think they don't like it's very it's pretty rare for a team to win 60 plus games and then just come back and win 60 again whether you win the title or not like that's Especially just a lot when, of work I mean would you agree that just they are a worse team this year than they were last yes year? of course yeah so then it becomes even harder. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, like I, I agree, Chris Paul, you can pencil in for at least 15 games missed, if not more. And there's probably an argument to be made that given how his season ended last year, that they're even more cautious with him. You know, like in the games that he's playing, is he playing two fewer minutes per game? Probably. Are they building in one more rest well, day per couple of weeks? And probably. think about how aggressive they were with getting Harden back from his injuries. Like the, there was a agreement from Maury to D'Antoni to Harden. They all wanted him to get the MVP. Yeah, of course. And like they were managing his minutes to get him the mvp right they're not going to do that this no, year so I, I mean that's that's my reasoning yeah I, ironically enough i think it's it's fair to say that the rockets accomplished what they wanted to accomplish <laughs> last year um well by the way did you see that photo of harden i don't even know what it was from it's just someone just tweeted a photo of him yesterday at some event he's looking a little husky yeah i'm telling you man he's having a great off season he's, he's having a great time he's going for his fourth straight off season mvp <laughs> look there's a lot of fun you can have when you're the mvp in the off season yeah. um indiana 48 wins last year this one opened at 47 and a half um and on our list today it's now down to 46 and a half i'm going over i, I think they're arguably the most improved team in the east unless you want to count Boston getting Hayward and Kyrie back as an improvement. Obviously, that's better. Um, but, you know, I didn't love the McDermott edition, but I think adding Tyreek Evans, you know, he pro- I mean, of all the teams outside of Boston and Philly, like he's the guy who's going to be the biggest difference maker that any team in that kind of second tier brought in. Um, and, you know, they didn't really lose anybody either, right? I mean, I think they you basically added Tyreek Evans – to what was a pretty damn good team last year and a team that very easily could have beat Cleveland in round one. I am not of the belief that Oladipo is a one-year wonder. I think, you know, maybe he doesn't have quite as good of a season as last year, but I think he'll be really close. Like, I think this is kind of who he is, at least for the next few years. Um, So I I feel relatively comfortable, not lock it in comfortable, 
but pretty comfortable uh, going over on 46 and a half. Uh, I'm going under and it's a stay away for me. Um, uh, <laughs> I was going under without it being a stay away at 47 and a half. 46 is kind of where I was thinking. So I don't love it. I mean, it to me, uh, in 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 baseball sabermetrics, there's a principle called the plexiglass principle, where like a team way overperforms their over under. So like the the Pacers way overperformed in 2017, 2018. They're over under, mm-hmm. and it's just that kind of like you're just you're inevitably going to kind of come back a little bit to kind of where. Uh, people sort of expected you to be i think oladipo's mostly legit what he did last year it's just that they i mean what type of adversity did they face at all last year Uh, i mean who who did who missed significant time for them like i mean tj leaf yeah i mean i i just don't think anything really went wrong for them last year miles turner i will say he was both injured and underperformed but other than that yes i'll give you that i mean that was offset by oladipo being Mm -hmm. three times as good as anybody thought yeah i I don't know. I just 47 wins seems like a lot to expect this team to win. I think that they are going to That's fewer than last year. I think they're easily going to finish with a top 5 seed in the East. I think that there's a very clear top 5 in the East and I think they're in that that top 5, but okay. if I have to put money on the line, I'm not saying they're winning 47 games. Yeah. All right, we'll do this one quick. Uh the Clippers to me are kind of like the Pistons yeah. of the West. Uh although they have a little more intriguing talent. I'm very interested in their two rookie guards who we probably won't get to see nearly as much as we should um, because by default, they have to be healthier than they were last year. Uh, but the Clippers won 42 last year, just missed the playoffs. This line sits at 36 and a half. Um, and I wrote in my notes, I think they're probably better than a 36-win team, but the West is just really tough. I think they're going to lose a lot of close games, so I'm going under on 36 and a half. I'm going under, and they don't have any motivation to try to hit that over. Yep. Uh one of the few teams like you you mentioned to me offline that in the west that is not motivated to win games so with that i'll go under la lakers 35 wins last year this one opened at 48 and a half now it's at 49 um i'm gonna go under i think this is i guess this could like maybe be remember how crazy people were when last year's philly line came out you know they won like 20 some games and it was at like Mm -hmm. you know it was like a double the wins whatever this is not that scenario to me. Like I just, LeBron played arguably his best regular season individually ever last year. I mean, mm-hmm. you can argue he was more efficient at times in his career. Um, but I just like the amount of effort that he exerted night in, night out with the you know horrific teammates around him. It, there's just no possible way that that's happening again. I think they're going to be slow out of the gates. He's been slow out of the gates everywhere that he's gone throughout his career. Um, I think they'll still be good. I, I you know they'll probably be somewhere between five and eight in the West um but you know in order to beat this this over under that would mean 50 wins and i don't think they're getting to 50 yep i'm going under two uh to me this is a vegas line where they a it's the lakers so people are going to bang the bang the over well the fact that it's already been bet up yeah right it's lebron people are going to bang the over so they have to put the line somewhere where they can get the the same amount of action on both sides if this was just a computer generated like this is what the, our projections are telling us this team's going to win. I would expect it to be at like 45, four and a half. Right. You know, I, I just don't think this line's even close yeah. uh, to where it should be. That said, I'm not locking in the under just because I'm not ruling out them adding an impact piece in yes. season one way or another. Uh, so that 
I don't know if this is the roster that's going to finish the season. So, uh, but just this roster, I would probably lock in the under at forty nine. Right, that is a good point. That's something I heard. I couldn't even remember what podcast, but I, in the last couple of weeks, somebody mentioned that. You know, and it was like you know, there's been all this. Uh, pardon my language, but all this hullabaloo <laughs> about who the who the Lakers have brought in around LeBron and the point that whoever this person was, who I wish I could give credit to, was like, yeah, these are really weird deals on the surface, but look at them. They're all one-year deals. They're all extremely tradable deals. Um, and like you said, I think part of this line is it's the Lakers, it's LA, it's LeBron, but I think the other part of it is it doesn't seem very likely, um, you know, barring something catastrophic in the early part of the season, that this is the core you know, that we have come May or June. Uh, Memphis, 22 wins last year. 34 and a half is where that opened. Now it's at 33 and a half. This is one of those weird ones because very clearly this was not a 22-win team if if, if they stayed healthy last year. Um, made a couple marginal additions, I, I, the splashiest of which being Jaron Jackson. Um, they added Kyle Anderson. Call that marginal. Pretty good, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, is <laughs> He's a rookie. Um, I have the over on 33 and a half. I, I don't think it'll be by much, but I think, I mean, they got to 22 last year with a really, really, really rough group of guards and wings and really were not trying to win games and probably would have won fewer had the NBA, you know, not cracked down. Um, so I, I think they get to 35, 36, maybe 37, but probably missed the playoffs. I went over as well. I almost locked it in. And if you could have guaranteed me that Mike Conley and Marc Gasol would play like 72 games a piece, I probably would have locked it right. in. But all it takes is for one of those guys to get hurt again, and they're probably they're hitting right that under. So yeah. The additions that they made aren't going to like raise their floor that much. I think people th- – this line, like Vegas knows nobody's – other than like professional gamblers, no one's going to bang this over. Like it's the Memphis Grizzlies. But – this was not this a year ago. This was like a what, like a mid forties win team. Like oh, yeah. when when you get a healthy Gasol and a healthy Conley, this team always wins forty plus games. Right. So, uh, not a good like a, a line. I would love to be all over if I thought those guys were going to yep. be healthy. But that's that's tough. We could just turn injuries off. I've been saying yep. that for years. <laughs> um, another quick one: Miami Heat, forty four wins last year, forty one and a half. I mean, I. High, one, arguably one of the highest floor teams in the east just because they're so deep but they just you know they have like nine guys who i really like but none of them are really stars fairly low ceiling to me like i, I would say even if they have a few injuries which they have the last couple of years with guys like you know richardson johnson magruder waiters last year Whiteside, i think they're almost a lock to win somewhere between like 38 and 43 games like there's not much of like a wide range for them i'll go over on 41 and a half but this is one of my big time stayaways I'm going under on 41 and a half, also a big time stay away. Uh, it's just I, a good line. I don't have to, much to say. To me, about it. like, I, I, I think I hit you up offline. I was like, this team looks like it was constructed with the sole purpose of winning 41 games. <laughs> like, they, it's like they're trying to finish 500 right. with this team. So. The only thing is, like, if they can dump Whiteside to the Kings <laughs> and add somebody who knows, like, that, the Whiteside situation is going to determine this. Like, if he comes back and tries and is good, maybe they win 45 games. If he loafs around and they have to trade him and get nothing back, maybe they win 38 games. Who knows? Uh, Milwaukee Bucks. This is an interesting one. 44 wins last year. Uh, this line now sits at 46 and a half. I'm going over. Usually I'm a pessimist when it comes to the Bucks, but I, I like what they did this offseason with fairly limited resources. Um, you know, another year of development for Giannis. I think they can get to 48, 49, dare I say 50 wins. Uh, 
I went over and I had it locked in. I took the lock off just because I it's the Bucks and I feel like I'm wrong about their line every single year. Whether 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 I go over or under, I'm usually wrong. Uh, but I, to me, the just just going from Jason Kidd to Mike Boonholzer <laughs> is about a it four. It might be it's like a four or five win yep. upgrade because uh, you're going from a coach that either a just didn't have systems uh in place offensively or b had detrimental systems in place defensively and you're Possibly going both you're going to a, a coach that uh will have uh at least going into each game they're going to have a a plan in place that is uh is is pretty spot on it's for what they should be trying the to do to yeah so uh, that's a that's a huge upgrade, obviously. I mean, the Jabari Parker loss like means nothing. I mean, he didn't help them win games last yeah, year. I agree. Um, I think I love the Lopez addition. They too. they are going to be able to have lineups for the first time ever where they can field a normal lineup where Giannis is the only non shooter on the right, court. Well, and and hopefully, as we've you know, as Bucks fans have been hoping for the last three years, hopefully this is the year that he can shoot. And if he doesn't, the pressure is now it's not off him. Like that's still going to follow him it's, until he can shoot. It's going to be a problem, but it's much less of a problem when the other four guys on the court can shoot. And that's never something that they've had. Like mm-hmm. Thon Maker last year was supposed to be that guy 10 games into the year. It was clear it wasn't going to happen. Like Brooke Lopez. I mean, at this point he's just like a seven foot Wayne Ellington, more or less. Like he doesn't yeah. rebound. He, he does still block shots at a decent rate, but just he's, he's a Memento core. Sure. Yeah. I mean, having a seven foot one guy who can play the nominal center spot and shoot threes is going to be huge for them. I, I, I think that's like, it's really going to be night and day. I think watching them offensively, they also lost a combined 11 games last year to Brooklyn, the Clippers, Orlando, Chicago, Dallas, Detroit, and Charlotte, mm-hmm. which seems like a lot. I would hope that they can, even if you cut that down to like you lose seven times to those teams, all of a sudden you're at 47 wins and you hit the over. Uh, Minnesota, 47 wins last year. This line is now down at 44 and a half. I, uh, this is a, certainly a stay away for me, but I'm going over. I think they probably win 50 last year if Jimmy Butler doesn't miss time after the break. Um, weirdly enough, their depth is probably slightly improved. They have Anthony Tolliver. They did bring back Derrick Rose. They have Bates Diop, who will probably play a total of 17 minutes, but should play a little bit more because he's you know the rare second-round pick who's a little bit NBA-ready. He shouldn't play more than 17 minutes. Total, so, I'm saying, not per game. Oh, okay. okay. Total. <laughs> per game? A rookie? I, I uh, so I was busy readjusting my um, my pick once you told me Anthony Tolliver was on the team. I adjusted. <laughs> uh, do you even have a pick or what? Yeah, no. I we can I'm, come back to you if you. I'm want. going under. Uh, I just think that this is a. I it might be the worst sort of chemistry situation heading into the year of every team in the league because you have the best player, Carl Anthony Towns, from a talent standpoint who seemingly doesn't get along with the coach or the best player in terms of just production, Jimmy Butler, you have a super underperformer on a huge deal who has really no incentive to try to get better in Andrew Wiggins. You have Taj Gibson, who's a year older. You have Jeff Teague, who's a year older. Uh, there's no reason to think they're going to give Tyus Jones the minutes he deserves this year. And I mean, I, I don't know. I just think that it's going to be a situation where nobody's really together at all. And in the Western conference where, like we said, you're going to be playing 
these teams that are similarly talented and have a lot riding on each game i just think that they're going to come out on a lot of these games and just the other team's going to out outwork them yeah no this like you said this is probably the most combustible situation it could it could go fine and they could win 50 games but yeah if they start out five and 12 that's probably too extreme five and seven and jimmy if, butler punches carl anthony towns <laughs> in the locker room if for some reason carl anthony towns decides that he's going to do all the necessary things that he needs to do to become a true superstar in the league and if for some reason uh tom thibodeau decides that he's going to get carl anthony towns the amount of touches he needs on offense then this team could win 52 games 54 games like that like 54 games like there's the old jason max seal all the physical talent is there for this to yeah. be a 50 win team i just don't i'm not betting on any of that to happen okay. uh speaking of physical talent the new orleans pelicans <laughs> what let a me transition. T- let me tell you 48 wins last year this one opened at 45 and a half down to 44 and a half uh, I uh, this is a really really tough one because I don't really know. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's quite like the Jabari situation, but like this was an inarguably a better team after Demarcus Cousins went down last year. So like to me that's not like this huge loss. Um, and like Mirotic was good for them. Julius Randle, I think, like swapping him and Cousins from a wins losses perspective, you're kind of even there. Um, We'll see. I mean, uh, losing Rondo somehow, weirdly enough, is like a bigger loss, I think, for them than than Demarcus Cousins. But I'm going to go under on uh, on 44 and a half. I, I I love Anthony Davis. I would love for this team to to play really well and for him to stay there long term. Um, but you know, they have two stars that they depend on, both of whom Davis and Holiday have had on and off injury issues. We'll see how how Julius Randle meshes with Davis. Davis is gonna have to play more center now. I don't know. I I also don't like their depth. That's that's kind of the issue. If if there's an injury there, I wouldn't say it, it won't be as extreme. I was gonna say that it could be this year's Memphis. I don't think it would. It, they wouldn't bottom out that hard. Um, but there's, I don't know. There's just a few a few a few too question or too many question marks for me to to feel comfortable going over. All right, so I'm going over. I did have it as a lock. You talked me into taking the lock off, though. Got to call the locksmith back yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. So no longer a lock, but uh, a, an over. I feel pretty good about. I just loved the way this team was playing after Demarcus Cousins left. Uh, Drew Holiday, to me, like played like a top twenty player in the league in the playoffs last year. Uh, just may, maybe the best two way guard in the league right now. Um, Anthony Davis, you know, he's an MVP candidate. Alfred Payton is a, is a pretty scary acquisition. Uh, but having Julius, I think Julius Randle next to Davis is such a great uh, pairing at, at the four and the five. Nikola Miritich as your uh, first big off the bench is just, you know, that's a really nice luxury. So they're, they're definitely weak at the three and the one, but uh or wherever you want to the put three Drew especially Holiday. is what yeah. concerns me yeah I, I mean i i think if everyone stays healthy i think they cruise to the over but like you said the the depth part i mean drew holiday anthony davis both are guys that are, are known for missing time so if one of those guys goes down uh the west is just too tough for them to hit that over but i, I do think they hit it yeah of all the teams that we've gone through so far this is the one that as i was saying the words i was like i kind of regret this so we'll see i don't i don't feel good about it uh, the New York Knicks, 29 wins last year. This one opened at 29 and a half. Uh, inexplicably is up to 30 and a half. <laughs> I have this one locked in at the under. Yeah. 30 I, and a half. No Porzingis until I, what? February? <laughs> As you were saying that, I wonder if you just banged the under on the Knicks over under the last 10 years, 
You think you'd be like nine and one, like eight and two? I don't even think you'd care. Or you'd be, you'd be ten and you'd be living in <laughs> like, Bora Bora. At that yeah, point. I wouldn't be working for Rotowire, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> Folks, <laughs> yeah, no, I. It, <laughs> the Knicks line always opens at a ridiculous place, and this year might take the cake. I mean, I, <laughs> what about this team? Says <laughs> they should win more games than last. This year? team should be a bottom three team in the league. Yes, and like, they should want to easy, be a bottom three team. Easy, like they they have no motivation to win. No way they should not be a bottom yeah. three team. No, I mean, I if you, I hate to do this, but if we're going to talk fantasy basketball, like Tim Hardaway, Enos Cantor, probably going to have huge years because they're like both really great, good stats, bad teams guys. And this is yeah. a really this team was yeah. built to have oh, good yeah. offensive yeah. stats and I mean, not win a lot of games. You got Canner, Hardaway, Moutier, Kevin Knox, N- Neil Aquina, we'll... Trey Burke. Yeah, it's like Trey there's Burke. like it's like a collection of guys we've all the guys we've ever made fun of, like all on the same team. And like Kevin Knox, who has a ton of upside, but he's gonna help them lose this I think year. There's like a forty <laughs> percent chance that before the first game in October, Trey Burke legally changes his name to Allen Iverson. <laughs> like when Willie Cauley Stein changed his middle name to Trill. Like this will be like a, a even more severe case of that i like that all right okc 48 wins last year this one now sits at 49 and a half opened at 50 and a half which is kind of an interesting one uh that it's already dropped one game um i'm I'm going over i i think that this team like i said 48 wins last year it never really seemed like they gelled like just when they were about to turn a corner they would lose you know four out of seven games no mellow i think that's addition by subtraction i think most people would agree with that you get Robertson back. Hopefully, he stays healthy, um, and they're they're significantly deeper at guard. Like, at, you know, I don't think anybody is like super high on Dennis Schroeder. I don't I don't think this is going to be a Oladipo situation by any means, where he you know changes area codes and all of a sudden he's a borderline all star. Um, but just going from Alex Abrines, Raymond Felton, to Dennis Schroeder, who's really good, and you know, according to uh, the reports that we've seen since the trade is more than okay with being the sixth man. And apparently he's been like a Russ Stan for his whole life and is just glad to be <laughs> hanging out with Russ. So I like that. Uh, honestly, that alone, like just having a really competent sixth, six man or like third guard to me, that's worth a couple of wins for a team that, like I said, it didn't really, it didn't really seem like everything meshed like it should have. Um, and I think just, you know, another year of, of continuity, the Russ and PG and, and Steven Adams continuing to get better. Uh, I was going to do this team a lot of good. Yeah, I'm going over as well. I had it at a stay away when it was at 50 and a half. And I think I still have it at a stay away at 49 and a half. I just think that other than the thun- or other than the Warriors and the Rockets, I just don't think any of these Western Conference teams should be expected to get to 50 wins. There's a handful that I wouldn't be surprised if they got to 50 wins, but it's just going to be so tough to get there. And even with Dennis Schroeder, I don't love this depth. I mean, I think that that's kind of a, I guess, a common theme with a lot of these teams is that a lot of them only go like five or six deep in terms of guys I trust. But uh, this team really only goes three deep in terms of guys I trust. Like Westbrook, Adams, Paul George, the rest of them are either flawed or just we don't know how they're going to fit. And like I trust Robinson or Robertson to be a good defender, uh, but sure. you know, whatever. Uh, I think Russell Westbrook played uh, about as poorly as he could play last year, so I actually think he's going to play better this year, assuming he stays healthy. And and that's that's why I'm going over. But I wouldn't be surprised if it hit the under. 
swapping Mello out or those, you know, those 30 minutes a game for Patterson and Jeremy Grant, I think is going to be massive for that team to say the least. Uh, Orlando, 25 wins last year, opened at 31 and a half. It's down to 31 even. This is my hardest pick. Oh. I, uh, I have the under. I wrote that they should get to 32 wins, um, but it's, it's the Orlando Magic. And I think we learned last year that we always take the under on Orlando just out of principle. Right. They have lost any and all ability to get any benefit of the doubt. Um, I mean, this roster is certainly good enough to win 32 games in the Eastern Conference. I just have no faith that it's actually going to happen. Yeah, we should parlay the uh, the Magic under, the Knicks under, and Canelo to knockout. Um, and, <laughs> uh, no, I yeah, I mean betting against the Magic every year is is a, is, is a great is a great bet. Was it your hardest because it's at thirty one and you wanted to push? Uh, well, when I I guess when I made that pick, it was at thirty one and a half. Uh, so it's even lower, and I'm still going thirty one. It's tough. Yeah, I'm we going can set this line at two, and I would have out of principle, I would take the under. I'm going under, not a lock, not a stay away. I'd okay. bet it if I had to, but uh, right. yeah, I mean, it's just who who on that team's going to help them get to thirty wins? Philly, fifty two wins last year. Lines at fifty four and a half. I'm going under. I think they'll be really good. Um, you know, Bellinelli and Ursan gave them a lot of good minutes at the end of the year after the deadline. Those guys are both gone. They didn't make the free agency splash that they hoped to, but they brought Reddick back. They got Wilson Chandler basically for free, who's a, a decent depth piece. Um, but what it came down to, like, I think they'll be a 50-win team. I think they'll be just as good, if not a little better than last year. Um, but I'm going under because, and when I was doing research for this, I kind of forgot that this happened. They won their last 16 regular season games. Like they were nowhere near on pace to win 52 games until mm-hmm. the last month and a half. Um, and obviously, you know, maybe they play better the first six months of the season and, you know, it evens out. Um, but I think we'd be viewing this team maybe a little bit differently had they not gone on that crazy run before the playoffs. I remember this time last year, uh, my entire pick here just hinged on how many games are we getting from Joel Embiid. And he played 63 games last year, and they won 52 games. I'm not ready to suggest that expecting like 65 games from Joel Embiid is something we should be doing. I, I think that it'd be awesome if he plays 70 games, plays 72 games. But just a year ago, a lot of people would have put that over under at like 41 games, you know? I mean, if, if Joel Embiid only plays 50 games for this team, they're not even coming close to that over. So uh, I'm going under. I think that it's a stay away though, because if Embiid's healthy, if Markel Fultz is just okay, then I think they get to that over. Um, So it's just, there's a lot of huge variables where, the player that's most important to them from a win-loss standpoint is also by far the most likely player to miss time with injury. Phoenix, 21 wins last year. Uh, I think they were probably the first team to stop trying to win about 35 minutes into the season. Didn't they get didn't they get blown out by 40 plus like twice in the in the first week of the year, I believe. Uh, this line is now at 28 and a half. Obviously they added Trevor Ariza, they added DeAndre Ayton um you know a lot of intriguing young players who i think like are, are still kind of coasting more on like name recognition than actual production um i'm going over on 28 and a half wow. I'm, i am not feeling good about wow. it wow they have a legitimate star in devin booker i'm i'm in on devin booker i think he's worth you know a, a decent chunk of wins or at least keeping them out of the absolute basement um i 
the, I have a couple issues. One, they have way too much wing depth. Um, you have TJ Warren, Josh Jackson, Trevor Ariza, Devin Booker, and McCall Bridges, who basically all play like two positions. You know, they either are like twos or threes. Are I don't are they going to play Ariza at the four? Are they going to go super small? I like one of those guys. Hopefully, TJ Warren has to go. I think at some point. Uh, and the other much bigger question is, what do they do at point guard? They've already said they don't want to play Booker at point guard. They might not have much of a choice because the only other real option right now, unless you want to hand the reins over to like a second round pick and a Kobo, is Brandon Knight, who hasn't played since like 2007, I think. Um, <laughs> and I mean, like Brandon Knight, if, if Brandon Knight gives you 80% of what he was a couple years ago, like he was never all that good, but like he's at least like a, a slightly below average point guard. Like that's way better than they've gotten the last couple years. But you're relying on a guy who's played, I don't even know how many games, like less than 50 games in the last two years. Like the fact that they didn't address the point guard position, even by bringing in like the token DJ Augustine or Shelvin Mack or Mario Chalmers, you're just depending a lot on a guy who we haven't seen play basketball in a while. Okay. I'm going under and I'm locking it in. Okay. Uh, I'd probably go under if they played in the East. I think that Devin Booker is a fantasy star. He's a you know, YouTube highlight star. I don't think he's helping you win basketball games yet. I mean, he just, he doesn't make his teammates better. He doesn't play defense. DeAndre Ayton is going to be a very high usage rookie who doesn't play defense. Uh, you know, Trevor Reza is on a one-year deal, so there's incentive for him to play well, but I feel like we just sort of see time and time again, the veteran that goes to this team with a bunch of rookies ends up just kind of being like what the hell was i doing why did i come here um i just i don't see how they're getting the 29 wins it's the west uh, i mean i think a lot of teams are just going to be like oh thank god we got the sun tonight let's just roll them up real quick uh make make a quick game of it yeah, and, yeah. and get out of here so um i mean i i think deandre ayton's a good prospect i just think he might be a net negative when it comes to wins yes. and losses this year i think so too i think and i like deandre ayton i think he's going to I think we're going to look back at his rookie season and I don't think it'll be a disappointment. I think it'll be like a, okay, this guy's not quite as good as we thought he was. Like he's still good, but I, I, he's not going to come in. I think there are unfair expectations uh, among like casual fans that this guy is like Shaq 2.0, like David Robinson mixed with Carl Towns. Like, no, like, I don't think he's going to, like I would be shocked if he has anywhere near the rookie year that Carl Towns did. I, last thing on the Suns, because we have to get going. Um, I made this pick, the over, and the sole reason that I made it was because I looked at last year's standings, and I was like, the Sacramento Kings, one of my least favorite individual teams of all time, won 27 games last year. I'm like, this Suns roster, to me, is two wins better than that Kings team. But that said, teams like Dallas Dallas and Memphis and Phoenix themselves, who gave Sacramento a lot of those wins last year, you know, are now better. So we'll see. I mean, I... If they hit the over, it's not going to be by much. I'll, I'll give you that. I mean, this team doesn't have Zebo or Vince Carter. So. That is true. I, I, f- I completely forgot about that. I thought they signed both of them. <laughs> Portland. This was a, an interesting line. I think th- if there's one that kind of you know, made me scratch my head a little bit, it's, it's this one. 49 wins last year. Opened at 41.5. Now it's up to 42.5. Those both seem a little low. 41.5 especially seem low. Like, Did you feel like Portland massively overachieved last year? seeding wise maybe but like i don't uh, feel like they played like seven games over their head last year uh yeah i think they did uh, i mean I, every year there's a line like this where vegas is trying to tell you like they're begging you to bang that over like yeah. they're just like well i mean hey you should hit that over right they're the three seed uh 
at 41 and a half, I was going to go over just because I felt like that was just a huge slap in the face right. to Dame and CJ. But uh, at 42 and a half, I'm actually going to go under. I just, okay. um, you know, you look at their depth. Uh, lost Connaughton. Like, uh, Alvaruga Aminu is probably their third best player. Maybe it's Yusuf, Yusuf Nurkic. But uh, what happens, you know, there's some scenarios where this team maybe gets off to a slow start and maybe they, they're shopping CJ McCollum. Um you know, they're they're so top heavy that if you know, Damian Lillard never gets hurt. CJ McCollum never gets hurt. What if one of those guys misses twenty games for the first time? Like it's a tough conference. I think I like them the least of the sort of obvious playoff candidates. Okay. And so uh, I'm going under, but it's a stay away for me. Yeah, I'm with you on the depth. Like I feel like they have a lot of depth, but not a lot of depth that I like. <laughs> Crappy. Like, there's depth. a lot of guys, you know, it's like <laughs> Like you Evan Turner like, and Mo Harkless. They cool. swapped out Shabazz Napier, who was actually like really good. <laughs> yeah, for why did they do Wade that? Baldwin. Why did they Shabazz do that? Shabazz Napier, I don't even think is on a team right now, is he? I, um, I know that I would. No, he's on the Nets. So. I would like this team better if they had Shabazz Napier, which is a crazy sentence to say. Yeah, they do have Seth Curry though, who didn't play at all last year. So if he's if he's back to what he was, sure. that's actually kind of big for them. Sacramento, twenty-seven wins last year. Is they're at twenty-six even? Um, uh, under no no brainer. I'm going under. Under and a lock for me. Yeah, I, I think they're going to be horrific. Yep. I mean, easy. It's That's an easy under. I, lock it I in. I really hope Harry Giles is good. I think you and I are both Team Giles. You probably more so than me. If you're still listening to this pod and haven't paused the pod to go bet this under, then you're, <laughs> you don't know how to make money. Let's yes. just put it that way. Uh, four more. Spurs, 47 wins last year. They sit at 44 and a half. Um I don't feel great about this, but you know, there's the Spurs benefit of the doubt that you almost have to build in at this point. I'm going to go over on 44 and a half. They won 47 with basically no Kawhi. Um, so you, in, in some ways, and it's, it's not that simple, but you're kind of just adding DeMar DeRozan to last year's team. They lost Kyle Anderson, which you know is probably a bigger loss for them specifically than it would be for another team. Um, you lose Danny Green in that deal, but I also think they're going to make really good use out of Jakob Pertl. I'm actually going over and locking it in. Okay. Uh, I, I, not much in terms of NBA coverage has annoyed me more than uh, some coverage of the Kawhi deal uh, to the to the Raptors, just because I think a lot of people have penalized the Spurs in that deal because they didn't get you know a high upside young player to build around for the future it's like people just think that that was out there for them to go get and they are idiots because they didn't get it. Like you don't think that they wanted OG Ananobi in that deal. (laughs) They obviously would have liked OG Ananobi in that deal. Like it's not a, I think it was viewed as like, Oh, they like Pearl more than Ananobi. (laughs) They didn't try hard enough to get Ananobi. It's like, I think they probably tried pretty hard. They still have to send them 5 million. Like, it's not like it was uh, that close. I mean, they, there was other concessions they had to make. in addition to not getting OG Ananobi or uh, Pascal Siakam. Mm -hmm. And uh, obviously the other teams like the Sixers and Celtics weren't offering guys like that. So uh, I actually think DeRozan is a really nice kind of Spursy player because I think the Spurs are really good at knowing when, when they know exactly what a guy can do, they can like build stuff around that. And DeRozan is just one of those guys where you know exactly what he can do. You know exactly what he can't do. 
Um, you can you can build in sets that are going to take advantage of his strengths. You can try to hide his weaknesses. I think he's going to be playing with a, a pretty big chip on his shoulder after getting traded. Um, I think uh, DeJounte Murray, a guy that we almost never talk about on the pod that Don't I feel we? like we have to bring up, but uh, I think he could take a, a big step forward this year uh, on offense. Obviously already a really good defender. Uh, I just think that this you know 44 and a half to me is kind of a slap in the face uh for this team if it had been like 46 and a half i think i'd still go over i would probably still go over there's a little wiggle room here. i wouldn't lock it in but like i think the spurs are a better bet to make the playoffs than the lakers this year and yep i agree so it's it's a lock for me i think derozan derozan coming to san antonio and in some ways is is like tantamount to lamarcus (laughs) coming there yeah because like they've both faced similar criticisms i feel like you know mm-hmm. like, it's not a perfect comparison but like a lot of the shortcomings that lamarcus had in portland are similar to what you know derozan had in san antonio and it's not like san antonio turned lamarcus aldridge into a top five player but like it, i don't think derozan is going to drop off at all if, if anything i think he'll be a little bit better which is mm-hmm. you know basically what you said i think pop will find ways to amplify his strengths minimize the weaknesses toronto 59 wins last year this line's at 54 and a half I'm going under. Really don't feel good about this at all. Um, I will say it did feel like they overachieved last year. Like I, I, I thought Portland, you know, was kind of right where they should have been. Like to me, Toronto, like everything came together for them last year. Kyle Lowry's kind of quietly been on the decline. You know, if, if for them to win 55 games, you're you're getting peak Kawhi for 75 plus games. I don't know if that's a guarantee at this point. The bench is is deep and it's good, but are all those guys going to play as well as they did last year? I don't know um you know i think they probably win 52 or 53 i don't think they get to 55 i went over i didn't lock it in i didn't label it as a stay away i would i would bet it i, I mean i think obviously if Kawhi leonard's physically hampered at all then that changes things yeah. i think we have to at this point though assume he's good to go from a health standpoint and if that's the case I mean, it's kind of between him and uh, Giannis for who the best player in the conference is. And they're already, like you said, I mean, they're uh, DeMar DeRozan away from being the number one seed. They're adding Kawhi and Danny Green, who, you know, Danny Green's probably like their sixth or seventh best player now. Uh, I would expect steps forward from OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam. I I like their depth. I think that they are going to just steamroll – all the bad teams in the East uh, pretty regularly. I just don't think they're going to have any trouble with those teams. I think they're better than the Sixers. I think they're going to be the two seed. So uh, I went over, didn't lock it in though, just because I think there are some questions about the coaching change. That's the other big thing. Yeah. I mean, Dwayne Casey, obviously not a great playoff coach, but uh, was really good at getting this team to, to high win totals in regular season. And we just don't know how Kyle Lowry is going to take to the new coach. We don't know how Kyle Lowry and uh, Kawhi Leonard are going to take to each other. Both just very kind of quiet guys well. that don't. I, I don't Lowry's know. Lowry's like, a little bristly. Like they're like I think DeRozan meant a lot to that team yes. uh, in, from an intangible standpoint. So someone's going to have to fill those shoes. So by that logic, the Pistons should win like 63 games in the regular <laughs> season, right? And then get swept in another one. Uh, Utah, 48 wins last year. Line's at 48 and a half. Um, or it was at 48 and a half, excuse me. Now it's at 49. That seems about right. I ooh, This is extreme stay away zone. Yeah. Um, and we're oh, talking yeah. like they're construction signs yeah. for miles. Yeah. Uh, Don't go down say this it, but I'm going over. 
I'm going over and a stay away as well. All right. So well, we Bear agree. missed a lot of games last year. I think if he just yeah. stays relatively healthy, they you know they win 50-51. I would love to bet on this team finishing with a top four seed. I just don't know where the where the win loss total is going to fall. I mean, it. it yeah, like, no, that's true. Like from, I said, it's going to be like last year where from you know, fifty to forty eight. I think that's all well in play. Uh, and yeah. it probably still gets them a, a top four seed. I, I mean, I, I really like this team. This is a really deep team. Yeah. Um, not much to say. Yeah. I think Donovan Mitchell, at at the very worst, he replicates last season. You know, and there's a pretty damn good chance he's you know considerably better than last year. Because um, he really didn't even start that ascent until what early January, late December. Well, and yeah, and and what if Dante Exum gives them yep. anything? I mean, he didn't really give them anything in the yeah, regular full season, season last Jake year. Crowder, <laughs> system full player. season Jake Crowder. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's a really deep team. Okay, we'll finish out Washington. 43 wins last year. This line is at 44 and a half. Uh, this is a no-brainer over. They have my two favorite players, Dwight Howard and Kelly Oubre. Uh, it's not really much else for me to say there. <laughs> Duh, over. They have Dwight Howard and Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre is the only player right now who's giving Harden a run, I think, for off-season MVP. Oh, oh okay. Off-season Instagram MVP. That's Are you I'm tracking this? You should be, like, on the ground, like, <laughs> in, <laughs> Nick Whalen reporting from uh, this nightclub yeah. in uh, downtown Los Angeles where I think Kelly Oubre just like glass exited. Bottles <laughs> flying no, I need, to start call- I need to start, like, calling GMs and be, like, getting their, like, who are you going to vote for for off-season? Like, who? What? Like, who are you? Uh, How did you get this? They were both at the same club last night, but it seems like Harden might have left a couple minutes earlier. (laughs) Harden left with eight girls, while Oubre left with 16. (laughs) It's a summer high. There's a caravan of Suburbans leaving the club right now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, so I... I'm going over to I did, I wasn't willing to lock it in just because this also has some co- combustibility uh, uh, to think, it. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've never seen a team with Dwight Howard and Austin Rivers win 45 games before, so oh, I guess you know never t- in NBA history until it happens. Uh, I'm not willing to lock it in, but yeah, this sort of seems like almost everything that could go wrong for that yeah. team last year went wrong. I think you know John Wall probably isn't as good as he thinks he is at this point, mm-hmm. uh, but still a guy that i'd like to think there's a bit of a rebound in there counterpoint he has Allen iverson cornrows right now (laughs) okay so he's he's a lot better than he was last year okay turns out you're wrong (laughs) um bradley beals you know bradley beal might start for the all-star game next year williams Um, might start the all-star game yeah i mean uh, i they have we can make as many jokes about this team as we want but they probably have I don't know the third or fourth best depth in the conference, yeah. and they're they're going to get to beat up on a lot of teams. So yeah. uh, over for me. I like to one. play this game with you in in the middle of the summer when you're like 100 percent locked in on baseball and not really paying <laughs> all that much attention to NBA. Of like, who does this guy play for now? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. To, to my surprise, you nailed you at four out of five the other day. I did. Uh, did you know Jeff Green played for the Wizards until today? No, that would have been a good one. You yeah, should have included I that I, one. I can't believe I didn't. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, talk about depth. Jesus. <laughs> Porter. Sp- Uber, speaking of Brown. Depth. Green. Morris, Green, Sadaransky, <laughs> Devin Robinson is like he's been like for six years. He's been at the bottom of their their small forward depth chart. Um, okay, well that'll wrap it up. Uh, unless you have any parting thoughts, I think. Um, you are... Should we just quickly go over our personal locks? Um, I'll I'll do mine first. Uh, Thank you. I I locked in the under on Atlanta at twenty four and a half. I locked in the under on Charlotte at thirty five and a half. I locked in the under on the Knicks at 30 and a half. I locked in the under on the Suns at 28 and a half. 
locked in the under on the Kings at 26 and a half, locking in a lot of unders. Yeah, what, how would you just say uh, which ones you didn't lock in? Uh, and then I locked in the over on the Spurs at 44 and a half. Okay, I locked in the Hawks under, the Nets under, the Bulls over, the Rockets over, and the Knicks under. Yeah, I mean, so that, quite as many. I wasn't quite as bold as that. Time. Knicks under is just just begging to be banged. Uh, bang the under. Bang that Knicks under. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.